Live from the garden. Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense. Live today at the Midtown location, 3535 South State. Come on in. We've got jazz gear on the table. You can grab a piece for... For you or re-gift it, you get your Christmas shopping done here. One one item per person, please. We got a couple left. Just a, a few things. <laughs> we this uh we have the American flag jazz logo shirt over there, but and the orange. Take note, I have never seen this black 2019 playoffs with the city edition dark mode logo oh, on it. That's yeah. a nice looking shirt, and you're not gonna find that anywhere. They're not selling them anymore. So you got to come down to our remote and get that eight five or excuse me thirty five thirty five South State. You can call us at eight five five three four zero zone if you'd like to be part of the show, make a comment, tell a story, uh, and, and just essentially share with us, and you'll be entered into a drawing at the end of the show for a free oil change. Eight five five three four zero zone. Excuse me. Today being September eleventh, it's also Rivalry Day. And we've got you covered top to bottom today here on The Zone. Uh, the best coverage, we'll, we'll have the Saturday show following us. Then we've got our pregame shows starting a few hours after that. And we'll go until the wee hours of Sunday morning with everybody on The Zone talking and breaking down what should be, I think, a classic in this rivalry. BYU, I think, just real quick, as an analysis from myself, Last year, I think, was BYU's year to try and get BYU or try to get Utah, and the game, of course, got canceled, got moved. Mm-hmm. Utah is so so talented and so fast and so big and so uh, athletic. I think the thing going for BYU in tonight's game is that maybe they absolutely do need it more than Utah, but Utah is still, I think, the more talented team. Oh, absolutely. And more often than not, that's what a game comes down to. Yeah, I mean, you can want it badly, but if you don't have the, the talent and, and the raw speed and power, like you said, you, you can want it all you want, but it, you're just not going to win. All right, let's tell you about this new uh, Mercedes. I, I saw a headline that said, Mercedes' new car reads driver's mind. Huh? So Mercedes has it's, – it's not necessarily a concept car – uh, it's it's on its way, but it has this uh, this new technology, and of course the the web page just refreshed that will help understand. It's more or less uh, memorizing your habits, looking into where you go a lot, how you drive the car, and adjusting there from there. So like it will turn on a, a favorite radio station for you, or or but it's not gonna like drive for you you're not going to just take your hand off the wheel and think in your brain turn left on state street and the car will be like oh yes sir turn left on state Street." so it's more of a predictive like artificial intelligence kind of like siri on your iphone where it knows that at eight o'clock you listen to this podcast so it sends you a a nudge to to start up your podcast in the morning that's my understanding uh, of it let's read here a little bit from mashable mercedes-benz has a car that claims it can read your mind are you annoyed by constantly going through the menus on your car's touchscreen mercedes-benz has a very futuristic solution 
This last Monday in Munich, Germany, at a car show, the company displayed the next iteration of its Vision AVTR car, shown at CES originally in 2020. According to Mercedes-Benz, the car now has tech that lets you perform certain tasks just by thinking about them. It's based on visual perception. The car has light dots projected on the car's digital dashboard and a BCI, or brain-computer interface device, with wearable electrodes that are attached to the back of the user's head. And we're wondering why there's a chip shortage. (laughs) And the picture they have here of this lady uh, in her car, uh, in this concept car, it's got the... It might as well be a tinfoil hat that, <laughs> that she's wearing. She's got this ridiculous Mercedes logo emblazoned uh, headband around her head so that she can drive or essentially sort through the dashboard just by thinking about it. Because, you know, leaning forward and touching a touch. I was going to say, yeah, too much. The headgear is really going to catch on and the people can just reach over and click a button. How lazy are we getting that we can't <laughs> reach over and turn the to select the the radio station to be on that's ridiculous yeah plus you shouldn't be changing the radio station from 1280 97.5 anyway what are you thinking yeah exactly uh the vision avtr which is a reference to the movie avatar in which the protagonist can establish neural connection with the natural world on the moon of pandora in case you didn't know that is mercedes-benz most futuristic concept the car has no steering wheel has its back covered in scaly looking bionic flaps and has wheels that can rotate far enough to allow the car to move sideways, among other future technologies. Okay, so this is a concept car. It's just clickbait. This is ridiculous. I, they got me. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. They yeah, got me. Subaru has like a, an actual system called Driver Focus, where th- we have facial recognition, and it'll, it knows where to put your seat and your mirrors and everything. You don't have to wear a ridiculous headgear. <laughs> you don't have to wear a, a headband. Can you imagine just walking into the 7-Eleven for your morning donut and you've got that on your head? You're like, yep, that's right. I've got the Mercedes-Benz mind reader car. Looking like an idiot. All right. Uh, speaking of looking like an idiot, Apple Inc. Sorry. They have the Apple car that they've been trying to push and make happen mm-hmm. for a long time. Well, the Apple car's chief has left the project. Isn't this the third chief that's left the project? It is. It's the third guy. Uh, Doug Field, a Tesla Inc. veteran who joined Apple in 2018 to head up its car project, left Tuesday to take a job as Ford's chief advanced technology officer. The announcement, which came after Bloomberg News first reported, made only passing reference to Field's work at Apple. Field's exit calls into question the progress Apple has made toward developing the technology and experience needed to compete in the auto industry. It is just the latest upheaval, upheaval for the division. Actually, Field is the fourth executive leading the Apple Car Project to step away since it was introduced seven years ago. Not surprising, I don't think, because Apple never Apple really... Yeah. Well, Apple always has these kind of side projects, right, where they'll... I mean, they have so much money that they don't know what to do with. You can only buy back so much stock. You can only give so many dividends back to your shareholders. At one point, you want to start investing and looking at other things that you can do with technology. And so I think Apple's slow played this. I don't think they really ever knew what they wanted to do in the, in the car world. <laughs> That's why they've had so many different directions. But ultimately, I think the biggest thing for them is they're getting a lot of data. 
out there and 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 data is worth so much money and and the software that they're building with that data is going to be very valuable going forward in the future so i don't think we'll ever really see a car with an apple logo on it driving on the road but i think what you will see is a lot of different manufacturers partnering with apple to use their software and to kind of expand things like carplay and kind of that seamless connection between phone and car gotcha uh are you familiar with brian regan the comedian uh, not off the top of my head. No. George Ruska. How oh, dare I? <laughs> no, really. The, the, the typical Apple guy. Uh, <laughs> the, the he has a bit about how the cranberry guy is into everything. Uh-huh. He's, he what do you got over there? Grapes? We'll do cran grape. Go fifty fifty on it. Cran apple fifty fifty. You know, cranberry is in everything. Yeah. And the banana salesman is staying up at night in cold sweats because he can't keep up with can't cranberry the- guy. This is the idea of Apple getting into the car world. Yeah. They want to be in every world because that's pretty good business. If you can sell Apple soap, you're going to do it. Sure. If people will buy it, you'll sell it. You'll make it, you'll sell it. Well, and, and, and we see it here, you know, where people come in and does this car work with my iPhone or my Android? And, and, and if it doesn't, then it, it becomes an issue. Um, but I, I think going forward, that's only going to be more and more important to, to this younger generation is the connectivity between phone, computer, the car, everything needs to kind of seamlessly work together. Is it fair that insurance companies can charge a, a person more than another person? Life's not fair. Life's not fair? Life's not fair. For example, this report out of Alaska. A recent study at a local insurance agent says claims uh, women in Alaska pay more for car insurance than men. But it doesn't reflect this local insurance agent's experience. According to a news release from Quote Wizard, a Seattle-based online insurance site, women in Alaska pay $378 more for auto coverage each year than similarly situated men. Say that three times fast. Representing the most significant gender disparity in the nation. Wow. The finding is based on thousands of quotes for full coverage car insurance in random zip codes across the country for drivers 18 and 35 years old with excellent credit and no accidents. The vehicle used for data is a 2012 Honda Accord LX with 16,000 miles in annual mileage, the release reads. Very specific study Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. But not so fast, says local State Farm agent Ruben Willis. None of the data I have would reflect that, he says. That's not my experience over 30 years of doing this. He explained that when new drivers hit the road, females pay less than males until males marry or turn 30. He said that difference is driven by claims data, with males in that age group generally having more insurance claims. I feel like we've talked about this before, where men, younger men do pay more, but it seems that afterwards it, it kind of flip-flops. He says that State Farm does not use sex-based rates. He says the, there's no difference between males and females. We just use tickets and accident history to get your quote. I don't know if I believe that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how it should be, man. Sure. No, and I agree. I don't think there should be a a difference based on your gender or, um, you know, age I can see a little bit where younger drivers are more inexperienced and and they do tend to have higher, you know, claims data on that. But I don't don't think there should be any difference in pay between men and women. So uh, the idea that a 16-year-old boy is higher to insure than a 16-year-old girl? 
I would is that what you're getting at? Both 16-year-olds are just as dangerous on the road. I see. I see. I think it also should be based on the type of equipment you do or don't have in your car. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got a 16-year-old driver, but he's got full eyesight and safety technology in that Subaru yeah. with blind spot te- uh, detection and rearview camera and, and uh, the, the lane assist, then that should help you in your insurance. I think they do take that into account. I know when... Like, I change my cars. I, I make sure that I tell them, hey, this car, make sure you give me the pre-collision technology discount. I want all the discounts, you know. All of them, yeah. yeah. Run it through the, the gamut there. Uh, all right. Cars and trucks sold in New York are going to be zero emission required by the year 2035. So, saw that. 14 years from now, new cars and trucks sold in New York will have no combustion engine. Necessarily no combustion engine because plug-in hybrids also count. Okay. Um, so they could still have. Because it cancels out the. the uh, yeah. So that they look at it as I think battery electric vehicle, plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, or a fuel cell electric vehicle is what uh, constitutes a zero emissions vehicle in, in New York. And I think California is doing see, the same. See that? Uh, that's that's cheating though. But that is giving <laughs> them a roadmap for the because if you came in and said. We're banning all gas engines in 2035. I don't think that would be realistic for the the car manufacturers. The the technology does not change that quickly, and you cannot get. Where are you going to get the microchips? Yeah, right. You you know, I I was reading a a report from I think it was Ford uh, Europe CEO was talking about how many more chips go into an electric car versus an internal combustion car. It's in the realms of ten times as many. Wow. You, you've got a, I think they said their regular internal combustion focus takes like 300 microchips, and one of their new EVs takes 3,000 microchips. So if we're going to be moving full production in 14 years, we're going to need to increase our microchip production just for the automotive space 10 times. Wow. I just don't see that happening. Wow. But by doing plug-ins, which, you know, Subaru's come out with, with a plug-in um, with their uh, 2020 or 2019 Crosstrek is when they came out. Um, and then they're coming out with their full um, EV coming next year. But we're still going to have internal combustion engines, you know, yeah. uh, f- for the foreseeable future. Um, but I do see them moving where that, that plug-in hybrid is kind of the, the standard. And then you have the full EV as the, as the upgrade. So uh, the governor, Kathy Hockle, she's the one that is replacing... Cuomo, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she was the lieutenant governor or mm-hmm. assistant or something. Uh, she signed this into legislation, and it is the nation's most aggressive plan to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions affecting our climate. And to reach the ambitious goals, they must reduce emissions from the transportation sector, currently the largest source of New York State's climate pollution, said Hockle. That's great. I think it's based in a good goal. I think that. Uh, in fact, we talk about this every winter, the pollution here in our area, 80% of which comes from vehicles. Yeah. Uh, they're not, vehicles are not the most polluting in given a vehicle versus an airplane, so to speak. Sure. But there's more vehicles driving around and as a whole contribute more to the pollution. So th- I like the idea, but like you're saying, to just, if, if they were going to be absolutely no Gasoline-powered vehicles in t- by 2035 is just not going to happen. Yeah. So why set a goal that we know is never going to be achieved in the first place? 
you got to set up a goal to get to a goal. You have to set up a goal to get to a goal, and we also need, like we always talk about, we need the infrastructure in place. Yep. You know, we need the charging stations. <laughs> you're, you're not going to be able to have so many electric cars on the road with the current infrastructure you have. It's just not feasible. Did you see what happened in Beaver, Utah? Yes. So uh, all, all these people, uh, uh, not abandoned, stranded. Stranded. In, in Beaver, uh, stopping uh, with their Teslas to get charged up. Dozens of cars. And they couldn't charge them. Yeah. Because there was something wrong with the, the charging network. There was something wrong with the charging network. I don't know if it had to do with weather. I, I didn't get all the details. But I know that all of Tesla's superchargers were down. I think all the electric car chargers in, in town were down. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you, you've seen this with the hurricanes. You've seen this where, you know, in Louisiana, the power was out for a week. If you don't have the ability to charge your car, you're kind of stranded there, too. So that, that's something we're going to have to figure out. We're going to have to move forward very quickly because if, if states are starting to put in this plan for 2035, like you said, it's 14 years away, it takes time to build this stuff out. Uh, someone on Twitter responded to KUTV News report about it and said, I was stuck there. And it was from the thousands of BYU fans all driving back from Vegas at the same time. <laughs> Beaver has 30 of the best chargers along that route, so everyone wanted to charge there at once, and it simply overwhelmed the system. Okay. Now, this is not a Tesla spokesperson saying this. Sure. But that would make sense. Okay, that makes more sense. If every charger was being used at once in Little Beaver, Utah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Blame BYU. But then someone also asked, so the 30 charger system couldn't handle 30 vehicles charging at once? Right. Which I guess not. And that's the idea of we need better infrastructure here. Yep. And when do you ever uh, – we're not to the point now where having 30 people with Teslas in the one place at one time is – It's not that uncommon. It is uncommon. Not anymore, though, because you, you're – In see- Utah? Yeah. We're, <laughs> you're crazy. The Tesla Roddy here is strong. This is, this is truck land, man. This is truck and SUV Wait crossover Wait until the Tesla land. truck comes out. <laughs> Yeah, that the well, cyber not just truck. the Tesla truck, but the the F one hundred and fifty Lightning. Yeah, yeah, you know the Chevy Silverado that's going to be fully electric. Those will be out before the Teslas, and they'll sell in hundreds of thousands of of volume. You know. Yeah. Yep. Well, I I just I myself have never seen a Tesla charging in person. I've never happened upon a Tesla being I've seen charged. a couple, yeah. I mean, you do you have a charger here at the yeah, store? Yeah, yeah, we have okay. a charger here. We don't have a Tesla charger, but they sure, they have yeah. adapters. Um, but I've seen them out at the at the supercharger stations. Their uh, owners tend to uh, look very bored while they're, they're waiting there <laughs> for, the, for the car to, to top off. All right, 855-340-ZONE. If you'd like to be part of the show, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, everyone that calls in and shares with us will be entered into the drawing for a free oil change. Right now, Ben's the winner, so uh, challenge Ben. And Ben had a lot to say today. Yeah, we should enter Ben, Maybe in ben like four times for, for his questions. Uh, 855-340-ZONE. Do you know uh, the phrase zipper merge? No. So a lot of people don't know the phrase zipper merge, and it's driving me crazy. No okay. offense, George Roska. Have you ever been waiting to get in uh, out, out, out of a busy parking lot after a concert or a game or something, and it just seems like you're going nowhere fast? Okay, I think I know where you're going with this. And there's four or five different sections that are all trying to pull out into the street at once. Yep. Well, the zipper merge would be that you go in order. The, the guy on the street yeah. goes, then 
car lot one pulls into the street. Then the street guy goes again. Then car lot two pulls in like a zipper. Yeah. If you right now, everyone at once look down at your zipper, move it up and down, and that's the zipper merge. I don't think I can do that at work. Oh, well, uh, a lot of people shouldn't be doing it at work uh, anyway. But everyone now do it. Oh, oh, wait. Grab your zipper and move it up. There you go, Johnny Lightfoot. Don't do that and look at me like that, though. That's that's very disturbing. But nobody knows this idea. I was at Lagoon a few weeks ago. First time I've been to Lagoon, by the way, in a decade. It was really cool. It was a lot of fun. But we left at 8.40 thinking, oh, the park is going to close at 9. We're going to beat the traffic out of here. We did not leave that parking lot till 10 p.m. Oof. 10 p.m. That's brutal. And it was simply because there's one way in and one way out, and nobody was obeying any rules. Yeah, everybody was, was just, just jammed was up. Thunderdome, man. Felt like Mad Max. Revving their cars <laughs> and going nowhere fast. And I saw a guy on two wheels up on the sidewalk, just just cruising along, trying to get out of there. I was like, you jerk. Yeah. I wish I had the guts to do that. Throw some tire spikes down. <laughs> but learn, this is a funny story, just do the zipper merge for the sake of all things holy. This uh, from a writer uh, yeah. auto blog. Now, now that you explain it, it makes sense. And, and I'm a big fan of the zipper merge. When you have <laughs> an accident, you know, ahead of you, and there are two lanes going into one, it's like just t- just alternate, guys. Just let's make it easy. Now you've got the guy who comes up 60 miles an hour on the side and just jams everything up for five minutes because nobody <laughs> wants to let him in. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And and while we're at it. Merge in general needs to be. We need to be yeah. better at merging in general. Yeah, on we the freeways to, or anywhere. Uh, <laughs> we need a little driver's ad here. Uh, that 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 uh, the blinker on the car ahead of you trying to get over is not a threat. You're not supposed to accelerate. When no, <laughs> you're supposed to let them on over oh, if you can oh, okay, safely. Okay. Also, don't be slammed. I saw this just today. Someone's and of course it was just they had left their blinker on. Mm. But this car in front of me, saw their blinker on in front of us up on the left, and decided to slam on their brakes to let them over. And then they're not going over. Then they're, not, they're just, uh, just whistling away, listening to some kind of music or something, having a great old time, mm. riding that right blinker all the way to Provo. And uh, then, so don't be slamming on your brakes either. Let people over safely, but let people over. It's fine. I love we'll it. We'll we, I there. love it when we gripe about people driving on the show. It's so it's easy. It's my favorite. It's like a softball, It's like my man. therapy session. <laughs> and another thing, uh, yield signs. Learn what that means. And roundabouts while we're at it. There we go. Add it to the list. All right. Uh, let's talk now with Sam uh, for a moment before we take a break. Sam is with Fit to Recover. Today is Utah Recovery Day. That's why we're out here at the Midtown Store today is to draw attention to this great event Starting at 2 o'clock at the Gallivan Center, going until 8 o'clock, Sam with Fit to Recover. What is Utah Recovery Day, and what's the activity at the Gallivan Center? So Utah Recovery Day is at the Gallivan Center. It's held by USARA, which is a big nonprofit organization who uh, support and advocate for people in recovery across uh, Salt Lake Valley. And um, they're holding a big event. There's going to be probably a 1,000-plus people there. A lot of them are going to be in recovery. Some of them aren't so anyone and everyone is welcome to come and celebrate people who are recovering and uh you know living and thriving now after a a past of substance use recovery and fit to recover is really excited to be a part of it uh yeah we i think we all know someone uh who suffers with an addiction or uh will in in their lifetime in fact my my grandfather on, on my dad's side 
uh, he uh, was very proud to say that he was a, an addict, an alcohol. Uh, he had an addiction to alcohol. My entire life, I never saw him once touch alcohol, but he he nipped it in the bud. But he always told me, he said, once you're an addict, it's for life. You can't just say, oh, I'm over that, because it's it's a thing that's for life. It, it's and it doesn't have to be a, a guilt thing either. In fact, that's how people die from addiction is the guilt and the stigma around that. And you people that fit to recover are really actively working on lifting that stigma and going, we're all addicts in some way, shape or form. Let's all get through this together. Yeah. It's really a question of how can we, like you said, there's no cure, right? So how can we treat this, right? If you think about it like any other disease, how can we treat this in a way that's um, healthy and, and lasts, it's sustainable, it's balanced it's uh you come together to do it and that's really where uh our our founder ian acker that's that's where he got the idea is the things that are sustainable to me are connection and and places that i feel safe so that's what i want to imbue into everything that i do i like to exercise i want to eat healthy Um, i like music and creative arts and everyone that's in recovery knows how good it is and how good it feels to be of service. And so those are our four pillars. It's a very basic concept. And we really just try to emphasize making sure that everyone that comes in feels safe and welcome and has the opportunity to uh, include Fit to Recover in their daily uh, um, reprieve from this disease. Uh, is it true? I, I remember growing up, my mom would say, if you have a bad habit, replace it with a good habit. Is that is that the practice here that we're doing? We're replacing something that is damaging us with something that's healing us. Yeah, the the people that you see really succeeding in their recovery are the people that aren't just not using drugs or alcohol. It's people that are choosing to live a different life, right? I'm not just waking up and choosing against something. I'm choosing for something. I'm choosing for routine, and I'm choosing for connection and friends and family and healthy eating and sleeping well and you know, all, all of the things that, um, might seem like a normal thing, right? You're, you're learning to choose those things instead of choosing isolation and choosing those other habits, right? You, you're right. You have to replace one with the other. And if fit to recover is a part of that, then, you know, even just for one person, then I think that we really achieved our mission. And it's not, you don't have to be a power lifter. You don't have to be super into yoga. You don't have to even like exercising. You can choose the exercise classes, but you also have cooking classes, mm-hmm. art classes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if anyone out there has ever tried painting before. Uh, I find it extremely um, challenging, but also it relaxes me. And, and then I stand back, and I'm like, yeah, what a masterpiece. And then I look at it and go, no, that's just a bunch of colors on a piece of paper, but it made me feel better. Yeah. And it got me doing something active. You have all kinds of classes. We, uh, I walked into one of our cooking classes. We just started those up you know, with COVID the last year and a half, it's been difficult, right, as a, as a place where people are coming together in one single space to interact with each other and give high fives. A lot of that stuff had to shut down, and we're, we're just kind of rolling out in the safest way possible all of these different programs because we, you're right, we do want to offer a, a multitude of, of classes. So I was walking into uh, the cooking class, and I saw several people that in the fitness classes seem kind of shy and nervous and aren't really getting after it and they're in the cooking class and it's like they're they've completely found their element and this is where they're just busting out of the seams and they're 
singing along to the music and they're chopping away at the cilantro <laughs> and they're tasting the salsa and they're like, that needs more salsa. And then the same person, you put them in front of a, a dumbbell and they're like, you know, they're shy and they're, they're all in the corner. And so it's, it's cool <laughs> to see how you, you offer several different activities and you see the same person go from one to the next. And it's like, they completely just blossom and they connect with everybody and come out of their shell. It's Utah Recovery Day today. The event is at the Galvin Center from 2 until 8. What can we expect over there at the Galvin Center, Sam? So there's going to be live music, tons of food. It's essentially just a big sober party. It's I love this big yeah. sober. It's like a BYU uh, party. It's it's a sober party. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's one of the well, we're more fun than BYU. Oh, that's not hard to do. We, Sorry. Uh, shouldn't say that. We just want to bring a, a bunch of people together and and celebrate all the different things that help people in their recovery, music and connection and food and, you know, all the, all the fun, fun parts of life that you get to enjoy. Um, and it, and like you've said before, it's, it's a big stigma reduction activity. How can we be right in the heart of the city at the Galvin center showing people that we're having fun, we're celebrating our lives, we're celebrating our recovery and we're, we're coming together and just, doing a bunch of fun stuff for a little while. So the Galvin Center from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock, rain or shine, mm -hmm. go on out there, have a great time. If you're interested in programs that Fit to Recover, uh, your website is? Fit and then the number 2, recover.org. That's fit, fit to, to recover.org. Recover uh, and uh, also if people just want to walk in, where are you located? So we're at 789 West, 1390 South. We're just west of the highway uh, off the 1300 South exit. So... You can come in. We've got a big garage that has 789 on it. and uh, That's a hard number to remember, 789. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, difficult. It's, it's difficult for people. It's right, uh, right in a row. 789. Yep. Is the next-door neighbor uh, 456? Uh, the, the next-door neighbor is actually just a, a series of colors and shapes. Is it? Yeah, okay. they, they, got, they got creative on the other addresses. <laughs> 789 West, 1390 South. Come on down and, and see them at Fit to Recover. Thanks, Sam. Have a good time at Galvin yeah, Center. Thank you. It is recovery day here in Utah over at the Galvin Center from 2 until 8. Go on down. Have a good time. Music, food, dancing. Just celebrate life and our imperfect lives at that. Help each other heal uh, and, and get through it at the Galvin Center 2 until 8 tonight or this afternoon and tonight uh, in downtown Salt Lake. All right, more of Utah Car Sense on the other side here on The Zone. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is Utah Car Sense. Are we on the air? We good? Back there in the studio? Okay. There was a, a little blip of some kind. We got a phone caller, 855-340-ZONE to be part of the show. 855-340-ZONE. Our friend Yuri is back on Utah Car Sense. Good to hear from you, Yuri. Thank you, Austin. Hey, uh, I've got a, uh, a zipper merge story for you. Okay. All right. <laughs> and just to remind if people weren't listening, the zipper merge. Look it up and start doing it, please. Go ahead, Yuri. Yeah, yeah, I... Not a lot of people know about it, so when I heard you talk about it, I said, I, I, I got to call in. I try not to annoy you guys too much. But anyways, I'm coming <laughs> back from the U.N. I was going to Provo. This is last summer. 
and uh, coming down the canyon, at the bottom of the canyon, there's a wreck. And behind the wreck, there is a line of cars, single file. It's probably 10 miles long. I'm exaggerating, obviously, but <laughs> it's huge. It's and, and the other lane, there's nothing going on. There's two lanes coming down, you know, both ways. There's two lanes, nobody on the other lane. There's just one single line of files that is forever long. So, And I knew about Zipper Merge, and so I, I pulled over to the other lane, and I started going. And people were inflamed that I was using the other lane instead of waiting in single file like everybody was. So a, a guy uh, driving a Dodge truck, pulling a boat, he merges into my lane to stop me from making progress, thinking he's doing some sort of social justice. He sticks his <laughs> hand out the window to communicate with me what he thinks of me. And, okay. uh, and, then, he just, and then he just sits there. Seriously, I, I, it must have been 10 minutes. He will not let me merge back into the original lane. He wouldn't oh let gosh. me go back into the second lane. Uh, and, and he waited until where, where he thought maybe I should have been in line, and then he finally merged in and let me continue on my way. But the whole time, and this is a Dodge owner, so you got to be careful with, with those Dodge owners. <laughs> but the whole time I'm thinking, this redneck doesn't know what zipper merge is, obviously. And, and anyways, that's, that's my zipper merge story. Oh, man. Uh, I, 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 I used to be a Dodge owner, Yuri. You watch yourself. Yeah. Be careful there, this Austin, who you're this hanging out with. This is a Dodge truck. It makes a difference. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just it's a matter of consideration and courtesy, and we have little of that these days. we got to get more of it. Hey, thanks for telling yeah. us the story, Yuri. Good you're, to hear from you. No be well. Great story. I do know a couple of Dodge truck drivers. So do you? He's not too far off. <laughs> hey, hey. My, one of my best friends has a big old Dodge truck. No, one of my friends does too. That's yeah, why I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're nice trucks. Yeah. And they're not all uh, dim. No, but he, he makes a good he makes a good point. Sometimes people think that they're really trying to do you know the right thing or trying to help out a situation. And yeah. They're just making it worse. Yep, for you sure. You know, just gumming up everything and in the way and. That there's and there's no other there's no worse feeling than when you are the one that you that thinks you're doing the right thing, and then you discover that you're actually making it worse. And the mob comes for you. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Like uh, this time uh, when I was in high school, we went to a bees game, uh, and uh, we got back to the car, and I had a flat tire, and I didn't have a spare. Mm. It was just and this this guy was walking by, and he said, "Oh, I've got a." I've got around the corner, I've got a spare. I have that same car. I live right around the corner. I got a spare. I'll bring it. So he comes back around, and he's got this spare with him. I go, well, we're saved. Yeah. This guy's awesome. Nice guy. Well, he breaks the stud off my wheel. Oh, man. And I was like, I have to be nice to the guy because yeah, he was trying to be do? nice. But really, I'm like, I just want to take this tire iron and hit you. You've made it ten times worse. Anyway, uh, but – no good deed goes unpunished. Oh, no. That's for sure. Never. Speaking of good deeds, uh, a man fed up with a private road in poor condition near his southwest Florida business did something about it. He was sick and tired of the city not listening to his complaints and calls about a big old pothole, so he planted a banana tree in it. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, Brian Raymond planted the tree in a stubborn pothole along Honda Drive in South Fort Myers. He owns Progress and Pride Fitness Group and said the idea of planting a banana tree ripened in his mind <laughs> after having to fill holes in the street with cement multiple times because the city wouldn't do it. Uh, 
the county officials say, hey, it's a private street. It's up to the business owners to maintain the street. So Raymond said, then I'm going to do it how I want to do it. And he planted a banana tree. And it's actually a really beautiful banana tree. Just, but it's right in the middle of the road. Yeah, not the best placement. But creative solution. But you're not going to hit the pothole no. anymore. You're going to give some incentive to that uh, business owner to maybe <laughs> pave that road. <laughs> For sure. Hey, you had a story over there that you wanted to get to. Yeah, there was an interesting one I saw that, um, you know, we're talking about electric cars and infrastructure. And um, in Germany, they're they're kind of testing a creative idea. Um, they're trying to electrify the highways instead of electrifying the car itself. So, I mean, we've seen this with like the trolleys in, in San Francisco, but never really taken to this level where they're going to have like trucks and cars hooked up to, to this kind of thing. So an above head wire system? Yeah, not the greatest looking thing but how do you how do you get on that and off of that so I, you take your private car yeah and hook it up well to the, uh, right now they're testing it for like heavy duty trucks and I see. and things like that instead of having you know the the diesel trucks in the right hand lane uh just sitting and, and burning diesel they're going to hook them up to the to the electric I grid see. okay and and so just a you know another way of looking at it as as we talk about infrastructure in this country and and electric cars and kind of the way we're doing it i could see something like this maybe on you know major freeway systems for trucks to where yeah. you're not having to stop and charge and uh swap batteries or all sorts of things you're just kind of directly connected to the grid yeah and i've always said if anyone uh ever running for president uh, and one of their things is they're going to build a semi-only highway across the country. I'm voting for them. Yeah. I don't. I don't care if I don't care what they do in their personal life. If they're <laughs> going to build us a semi-only dry highway, that's that helps the semis too. That gets that gets your vote right there. Oh that, yeah. That's, all yeah, right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you could you could uh, you know uh, do a lot of awful things in your private time, but if you're going to build me a semi-only dry or highway. That's one thing. So you this know, that, is an that idea. might not be a bad idea because I was I was reading just how much maintenance is required and, and how uh, heavier duty the highways need to be in order to have these semis and, and everything on them. Yeah. So yeah, that, I could see that gaining some traction. Not to mention, no no one is no one knows how to drive by semis. Oh. And semis can't really do anything about it. Yeah, you're, you're, it's so, you can't it's, stop that fast. You can't turn in, in certain places. It's it's hard driving a semi. Have you ever you ever tried? No, uh, I I rented a U-Haul recently and <laughs> thought, wow, how am I going to live through this day? And it was one of those ten foot U-Hauls. It was mm. not, it, you know. Yeah, n nothing with a with a trailer that you could jackknife. No <laughs> pup trailer on the back either. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Uh, the idea in Germany to put semis or whatever on a track, I don't hate that. They're only going A to B and back. Yeah, okay, so it's all it's one lane of the highway. Yeah, the one far lane. right lane's got this, and they, they hook. Is this an actual picture or oh, yeah. a con? Yeah. yeah, this is an actual so picture. So they're, they're testing this. this. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought it would be like an artist rendition, but that is an actual photo of it happening. Cool. Hey, uh, what, what's your uh, uh, employee here? What is his name that was talking to us about the iPhone? Max, yeah. Max. That, was, that was an interesting story. Max, a member of the iPhone cult, came over uh, and, and was talking to us about this story. Apple is saying that motorcycle vibrations are damaging iPhone's cameras. The iPhone won't be picking up good vibrations if you attach it to a bike. Hold off on purchasing that iPhone mount for your motorbike, says Apple. In a new Apple support post... The tech giant has warned that high-amplitude vibrations, specifically those generated by high-power motorcycle engines, 
transmitted through handlebars can damage its phone's cameras. And Max heard us talking about this and came over. Well, I thought you were making this up just to take another shot at Apple before he came no, over. No, this is I don't have to make anything up to take <laughs> shots at Apple. They do it for themselves. Uh, but, yeah, people mounting their phones up on, the, on their handlebars, and then it turns out the calibrations inside the camera are all jumbled up, and the camera doesn't work anymore in your $8,000 phone. It's $3,000. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Apple, while Apple didn't say why it's issuing a warning now, it did explain the reason why attaching the phone to a motorcycle can destroy it. The company said the camera's optical image stabilization and closed-loop autofocus. Oh, of course. I know what both those things do and and, and are about. Those features can be damaged by long-term exposure to high-amplitude vibrations. A camera's OIS makes it possible for a device's gyroscope to sense movement. In turn, the gyroscope changes its angle and the lens moves accordingly to prevent blur when you accidentally move while taking a photo. I didn't know there were gyroscopes in these things. See, that's so advanced you didn't even know about it's it. It's got to be the smallest gyroscope in the world. But that's the crazy thing is the more advanced our technology becomes, the more susceptible it is to, to little things like this. And um, I think we were talking about it a, a couple of weeks ago on the show where Tesla started putting in non-automotive grade chips in their cars and what's that going to do you know with the noise vibrations the the heat the cold you, you you don't expect Apple to have this type of issue but I don't think they expected people to mount phones to their handlebars on motorcycles yeah uh and I guess people do it you know for like GPS yes yeah, yeah. you have a screen probably. there and you know you have but you maybe a, maybe a buy a cheap aftermarket GPS Maybe, yeah. and mount that for, up there for the time being until yeah. they're able to come up with a fix. Because yeah, Max was saying he's gone through two, uh, t- or not two phones, but they've replaced his camera twice. And they said if they if it does it the next time, he gets a new phone. Well, then Max ought to just keep doing it. <laughs> he's <laughs> just gonna get a free new phone. Yeah, no. why not? <laughs> Seems like an oversight by Apple. <laughs> hey, you can keep breaking this. We'll just keep replacing it. Yeah. Uh, not that he's doing anything wrong. No, no, I don't even know what a fix, what a possible fix would be. They got to re-engineer the whole camera system, probably. Oh man, I just or, or or sell specific mounts. But they probably don't have that many customers with you know motorcycles that this to really make the cost yeah, of R and D. Yeah, it, it, it all it is a trade-off, you know. Uh, Ford announced that they are no longer going to be uh, manufacturing in India, and that's going to cost them $2 billion. Saw that. Uh, Less than 2% of Ford's market was made in India. Uh, It's going to take a hit of about $2 billion, uh, as Ford uh, does not see a path to profitability in the country, becoming the latest automaker to leave a major growth market dominated by Asian rivals. The decision by Ford comes after it struggled for years to win over Indian consumers and turn a profit. The carmaker entered India 25 years ago, but has less than a 2% share of the passenger vehicles in the market. Uh, Ford said it accumulated operating losses of more than $2 billion in in 10 of those 25 years, and demand for its new vehicles has been weak in India. So uh, Ford having to admit that they can't win over the uh, consumers in India and they're pulling out. They're that, done. That's a tough market. Yeah, what I, I'm trying to picture, India is a very, especially like Calcutta and New Delhi, and these are very crowded roadways. Mm-hmm. And Ford doesn't really make passenger cars. 
Not not really, and I, I'm sure they have some specific for the the India market. Um, yeah, smaller cause, cause version. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. a more U.S. thing. But overall, I mean, the the cost has to be right, the price has to be right, the look has to be right, and and, and India has such a strong domestic manufacturing base with Tata Motors. Um, they're one of the the world's biggest manufacturers. Um, they just don't export out of India that much, you know. Uh, we were talking about infrastructure around EVs and that sort of thing. Well, Shell Gasoline, the gasoline company Shell, is uh, going to install 50,000 on-street EV chargers in the United Kingdom in the next four years. Good. That's a that's a pretty that that's a pretty uh, healthy bite for them to be taking four years to get 50,000 on-street chargers installed, but. It's the way things are going, especially uh, in Europe, where they are actually banning combustion engines and diesel yeah. and, and that sort of They are actually going to be doing that uh, in Europe. And so Shell sees an opportunity here to not only serve the public, but to make a little coin mm -hmm. and do so as well. Because, you know, if someone's using and this is the way you're going to see, you're going to see uh, Sinclair and, and Maverick and, and all these gasoline companies in the future are going to be selling electricity. Rather than gasoline, yeah, it's just a matter of how long in the future. Well, they're they're in the energy business. They're they're not in the. They need to think differently. Not in the oil and gas industry, you know. Yeah, and speaking of oil and gas industry, I'm pretty sick of putting sixty dollars into my car every eight days. We got to get you into one of these plugins. I've got twenty two hundred miles on mine, and I'm uh, just on my second tank. Do you have plugins on the ground to be taken home? Not yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we can. But make we it can happen. order you one. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> You've gone 2,200 miles on one tank? Not, not to brag, but yeah. I hate you. <laughs> do you, like, live behind the, the store? Where no, are you driving I'm, to? I am uh, about eight miles away. Okay. So, right. I mean, I, I have no a decent, freeway. No, no freeway, yeah. yeah so, okay. I'm, I'm on city streets all the time. And luckily, I can, you know, plug in here. I can plug in at home. So, yeah. That'll help. Uh, I would like to do a hybrid at some point, that's for sure. All right. We got to close the show, but before we do, a reminder over at the Galvin Center from 2 o'clock to 8 o'clock today, it is Utah Recovery Day. Our uh, One of our good sponsors here, Fit to Recover, is running a, an incredible event. 2 o'clock to 8 o'clock at the Galvin Center. Food, fun, trucks, or excuse me, uh, music, all kinds of cool stuff. Get on down there, celebrate life, commemorate 9 11 in a good, healthy, strong way. And by serving each other and yourselves, 2 o'clock to 8 o'clock at the Galvin Center. We had two callers today. We had Ben. Blowing up the phone lines. And we had Yuri. Uh, back in studio is Jeff and Alex. Jeff and Alex, uh, flip a coin. Heads or tails? Let me know. Will do. Okay, heads or tails? Call it. Heads. Heads, it's Ben. Ben is our winner, our first caller today. All right, Ben. Ben wins that oil change. Come so we'll on get down. That. All right, uh, George, good to see you, bud. Yeah, good to, good be to here see you, live with you. Enjoy your rivalry Saturday. The Saturday show is next. I'm Austin Horton for George Roska, uh, Joseph Dane, and our friend Sam Wellman of Fit to Recover, Johnny Lightfoot on site here. We'll see you next week on Utah Car Sense. Thanks, everybody.